Welcome to the Weekly Transit, an astrology podcast exploring the astral forecast each week, detailing how the planets and stars are influencing life on Earth and how you can best work with the energy. We explore both astrological and psychological themes from the perspective of healing and self-improvement. I'm Gabriella Durso. And I'm Scott Tajarian. This week, we're looking at transits from November 13th to the 19th. So the focus of the week is really the new moon in Scorpio. And our theme for the week is courageous vulnerability in relationships. So we're going to start uh, by highlighting a couple questions from last week. We got some really wonderful interactive feedback from our listeners that we'd like to share. Um, We learned a couple things about uh, the answers and really appreciate the interaction with everyone. So we're going to start there and then we'll go through and talk about the five key transits for the week and highlight what you can expect. Sound good? Sounds good. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, So the question from last week was about what does it mean when you have a planet retrograde in your natal chart? So we kind of pontificated about what that might mean from our perspectives. Um, Scott, I know you gave a really beautiful analogy about tree branches versus roots. Mm -hmm. So you were sharing that when a planet is retrograde in your natal chart, um, that the influence of that planet might be, might be subdued in some way from, um, other people's perspective. Mm. Yeah. And I was sharing that I wondered, you know, if you had, let's say for example, mercury retrograde, retrograde in your natal chart, you might be someone who was more comfortable during Mercury retrograde because that's sort of your home base. Your natal chart is your home base. It's what feels comfortable to you. So uh, we got some listener feedback um, that we wanted to share just to shed some more light on this um, interesting question, which you get this question a lot, don't you? I do. Um, So one of our listeners, Cassidy, she says, I have five planets retrograde in my chart, not Mercury, but I usually really enjoy Mercury retrograde. I feel like it gives my mind and actions enough time to slow down and sort themselves out. Anna Reed says, what's up, Anna? Good to hear from you. (laughs) She says, I have Mercury retrograde in my chart and I've noticed I do feel more comfortable or at least neutral during Mercury retrograde. I see others being affected by the energy and I don't really ever feel it myself. So that validated some of our theories. Yes. Which is fine. Your theory. It was your theory. That particular one was my theory. So thank you both Cassidy and Anna for sharing your insights. And just generally speaking, we want to invite more listener feedback. Totally. We'll always be posing questions on here that we think we might know the answer to, but, you know, unless it's your direct experience, you really are only guessing, making an educated guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, but we love to hear from you and yeah, appreciate the interaction. 
Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start off with the new moon in Scorpio, Scott? Yes. What can we expect? Well, the new moon in Scorpio is happening at 1.28 a.m. on Monday, November 13th. That's Pacific time, so it's 4.28 a.m. East Coast. The new moon is planting the seeds of the coming harvest. And the full moon, which will be two weeks after that, is showing and sharing the harvest. So in planting the seeds of the coming harvest, you want to think of yourself as a farmer. And a farmer should understand the seed that they're planting. And the seed is Scorpio. Scorpio is the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion. It's ruled by Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict, as well as Pluto, the god of death, lord of the underworld, the planet of transformation. So the god of death, Pluto, the god of war, Mars, both of these planets are very intense, obviously. You mm -hmm. can sense that by their names. So the new moon is focusing our energy in those areas. So what does that mean? The god of death, the god of war. When you think of Scorpio, Scorpio is the, the sign that rules the sixth sense. And there's a lot happening around this new moon. It's not just the new moon, which occurs when the moon catches up to the sun and then passes the sun. It starts the new lunar cycle. The moon and the sun will both be in Scorpio at 20 degrees, but Mars, the planetary ruler of Scorpio, will be just two degrees away at 22 degrees. And then directly across on the other side of the zodiac is Uranus, the primordial sky god, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected at 21 degrees retrograde in Taurus. So Taurus is the polar opposite of Scorpio. Taurus is the sign that rules the five, that represents the five physical senses. Scorpio is the sign that represents the sixth sense. Mm -hmm. Taurus is ruled by Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. Scorpio is ruled by Mars, the god of war. So the, the, the bull, which is the symbol of, of Taurus, is very large. The scorpion, which is the symbol of Scorpio, is very small. Mm. So there's these, this tension, tension mm -hmm. of the opposites. Tension of the opposites, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, we, we talked, I think it was two weeks ago now, um, how to work with tension. And we were saying, you kind of have to just hold it and be with it. And that's the best way to, to move through it. And that's a term, tension of the opposites is a Jungian term. Mm, what does that mean? It means whenever you have two opposite, um, in this case, they're, they're planets or energies, um, but you could have two opposite emotions, two opposite, um, you know, conflicting experiences that you're having. And it's almost, it almost feels like they short circuit one another. It's like the mind has a hard time wrapping, wrapping itself around opposite experiences. Mm. So what can happen sometimes to simplify, to simplify what we're experiencing is we'll repress one of those 
opposites, one of those experiences. So maybe one of those emotions or one of those, one of the ways that that opposite is expressing itself. And we do that so that we can try and experience more harmony. But ultimately what we're doing is we're, we're suppressing a part of ourselves and a part of our experience that at some point is going to need to come back to the surface. So what do you think that is here? Well, I wonder if it would depend on each person's chart. Some of us might be more comfortable repressing our five physical senses, that Taurus energy. We might feel more, more, we might feel more uncomfortable in the physical realm and more comfortable in that magical space of Scorpio hmm. or vice versa. I think it depends. It depends on the qualities of your chart. Hmm. But the reality is, is we live on a physical planet, but we also are connected to the world of the unseen all simultaneously at the same time. This new moon is setting your intentions to merge power with others. Hmm. And Scorpio is the sign that rules the sexual organs. It rules the colon. Hmm. When you have a bowel movement, it's like the death of something that is within you, hmm. and you're releasing that. So there's the death energy of Scorpio. The sexual organs produce life. But when you have an orgasm, it's there's also the term of like a little death because it's like mm -hmm. you, you die and then you're, you're reborn. Scorpio represents intimacy that you share with other people, secrets, sex, the sharing of money, financial intimacy. Mm. So Taurus is my money. Scorpio is the money that you share with others. Mm. So the tension is, do you feel independent in your self-worth, independent of anyone else that you may be bonded to? That's the Uranus and Taurus piece. And if not, what do you want to transform about these bonds? Because we're being urged to express our independence in the material realm. So the mm -hmm. ones who are bonded to us, who are intimate with us, need to support us in our financial and material independence, just as we are meant to support those that we're bonded to. So the question is, do you feel lifted by these bonds, by these intimate relationships, or do you feel drained? If you feel drained, then there needs to be a death of the relationship or a death of the way that the relationship is. Mm -hmm. So you might, maybe it means a breakup, but it can also mean ending certain frequencies that exist within the relationship so that you feel more valued, more appreciated, more independent in your self-expression within the bond. So the tension 
I think what you're saying is that the tension could either be bringing you into a closer relationship in terms of how you're merging, or you could need to reestablish boundaries and be merging less depending on, depending on the quality of the relationship. Yeah. Is that sure? Accurate? Totally. I, I mean, Scorpio is a sign without boundaries. There are no boundaries with Scorpio. It's like the scorpion can go anywhere. It can go places that we can't go. But the Taurus energy is, is, the, is the sign of boundaries. Because mm-hmm. the bull wants its space, wants people to be away from, from it. It's really about thinking, what are the qualities that you want with somebody that you're intimate with? Maybe it's somebody that you're already intimate with. Maybe it's somebody that you're not intimate with yet, but maybe you're not intimate with anyone. Although we are all intimate with someone, you all have a friend that you've told a secret to or you've shared money with or just had any sort of energetic exchange where you feel like there is some sort of sensitivity or emotions or feeling that's exchanged because... Scorpio is the most passionate sign. And so when the sun is transiting through Scorpio, we are all experiencing what it's like to be Scorpio. So we're all feeling more exposed, like the scorpion in the middle of the room at a crowded party. It's maybe going to get stepped on. So there may be this urge to kind of retreat to the shadows, to the corner, to the cracks and crevices and not be seen. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about safety, like the difference between maybe the psychic safety of Scorpio versus the physical safety of Taurus. Mm. And that in relationships, both of those are important. Mm-hmm. You can be physically safe, but not feel psychically safe mm-hmm. or vice versa. Yes. Yes. So it's bringing, bringing awareness to relationships on these different pl- planes of reality. Totally. And in these different ways that we're relating to one another mm. around safety, vulnerability, and and I think the courage piece too is it's not always about having the courage to merge further with someone. Sometimes it's the courage to pull back or to re reinvent the relationship in some way. Totally. Yes. Re reinvent that's transform. That's Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So. And like you said, with the, the energy of the colon, it's drawing out what the body no mm-hmm. longer needs mm-hmm. so that the body can function more optimally. Yes. So in the way, in a way, you know, your relationships might need to have a bowel movement, right? Exactly. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah. Like what is it that needs to leave from, That's from great. the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and in any relationship there's, my perspective on the relationship, there's your perspective, and then there is the actual relationship. There Mm -hmm. are actually three, I like to think of it as kind of three components Mm -hmm. in every relationship. Mm. 
So what's being cleansed is actually being cleansed from that third part, which is the merged part Mm -hmm. of the two people. Mm -hmm. Does the other two parts need to be cleansed though? Your part, my part, or is it just the third part that's having a bowel movement? It's probably all three. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's all three, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on your circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes it's the relationship that needs to change, not necessarily the individual parts. It's like the alchemy. But in order for the relationship to change, the individuals need to change. No? Because the individuals are contributing to that third peace, which is the relationship. Well, sometimes this is how I think of it. And this comes up in the therapy world a lot. It's kind of the difference. It's the difference between content and process. Mm. So you can come in, you in a relationship or in a therapy session, you come in and you're sharing a lot of content. Content is like the sky is blue, the grass is green. I had a burrito for lunch. That's all content. Mm -hmm. The process is how you felt about those experiences, Mm -hmm. what you experienced when you noticed that the sky was blue. So in order for the third part to change, your experience has to change, your reflection of... Or the, the way that you look at it needs to change. So you have to change. I guess a part of you has to change. Because your perspective changes. But what I'm trying to highlight is that it's not always a physical change that needs to occur. No, of course not. Sometimes it's just the way that you're experiencing a part of a relationship Mm -hmm. that's causing the difficulty. So it might be your process, not necessarily the content. But you're right. I guess either way, some part of you is changing. Mm. Totally. So this is a very transformative time with this Scorpio energy. It is. And a very psychic time. I know that psychic energy is usually, you know, we think of Pisces mm-hmm. as the most psychic sign. No, I think of Scorpio you is think the most of Scorpio? psychic sign. Yeah, okay. Scorpio is the most psychic sign. It's Pisces is... The most intuitive sign. I don't know if there's a difference between those two, but that's how I would describe it. Mm. Pisces is more intuitive, which is maybe something that is just like a feeling that happens inside of you. But Scorpio is like, there's just like an instantaneous knowing. Mm. And it's that energy of the scorpion where it just knows when it's being threatened in some way. Hmm. And some will call that paranoia. But sometimes that paranoia is correct. Well, I think it's you're... about seeing all the different angles. It's about, yeah. Yeah, I think you're highlighting the difference between fear versus intuition. Sometimes Mm. that insight that we're not safe is a true intuitive insight. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's fear that it's clouding our judgment and it can be really hard to know the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. But this is a time in general, this new moon in Scorpio, where you could be 
calling in your psychic power to help give you mm. some information about your relationships. For sure. Yeah, that's a good note. Yeah. You have anything else to add to that? I would say that, you know, with every sign, there's two sides of every coin. You know, in the on the light side of Scorpio, it's about having the courage to be vulnerable with someone, to be intimate with someone, to share your secrets, your body, your money. The shadow side is fear, paranoia, manipulation, betrayal. These are all shadow aspects of Scorpio. So think about where you've been betrayed, how you've been manipulated, how you've been paranoid, or maybe you've been manipulating someone, maybe you've betrayed someone, maybe you have, maybe someone in your life is experiencing paranoia towards you. Wherever that's happening is, is where there's energy that needs to transform. And Mars being a part of this alignment, you know, Mars is the planet of courage, but also the shadow side is fear. So where are your greatest fears with regards to intimacy? Every time there's a new moon, every moment of your life, think back to where you were 19 years ago, because 19 years ago, the sun and the moon were in the same position. So this new moon in Scorpio at 20 degrees was happening. It was actually on November 12th of 2004. So what was going on in your life during that period? And what's the thread that you can connect to then from then to now? Of course, the other planets were in different positions then. Mars was not a part of the mix in Scorpio conjunct with the sun and the moon and Uranus was not opposite the new moon. So it was different, but the new moon in, of, in and of itself was the same. So I encourage you to think back to November 12th, 13th of 2004, what was happening in your life then and what is similar about what was happening in your life then to now. Mm. And that might give you insight for how to set your intentions, how you would like to change, how you would like to be more courageous in your intimate bonds. Setting your intentions to for who you want to bond with. Mm -hmm. Who are the, not like John and Sally and so on and so forth, not names, but what are the characteristics of the types of individuals that you wanna bond with, that you wanna be intimate with, that you wanna share your energy with, your magic. Because mm -hmm. Scorpio is the sign of magic. It's reminding you that you are magic. The next time the planets and stars will be aligned in the way that they were aligned when you were born is over 25,000 years from the date, time, and place of your birth. So you are very unique. You have a special set of powers, energy. Who are you sharing that energy with? Hmm. If you feel drained by the energetic exchange, something needs to end or change about that exchange. So how are you protecting your magic? And 
what do you want to do to be more courageous in sharing that magic with the right people? Hmm. The people that are going to lift you rather than drain you. So you're also talking about manifestation then. You're talking about the the intention setting can bring to you people that you might actually not have in your life currently. Yeah. Which is exciting. That feels really important. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about transforming relationships that you're conscious of mm -hmm. that are tangible relationships. It's a, it's more than that. I would write down what I'm looking for in a partner in, uh, in terms of the type of people that I want to be intimate with. Write that down. Light a candle. Burn some sage, some Palo Santo. Call out your prayer. Hmm. Let the angels on the other side know what it is you want. And you don't need to know how it's going to happen. It's just about casting your spell. This is a great time to cast a spell for what it is you want to draw into your life. And you mentioned angels and spirit guides, ancestors, anyone who's... People that are not energies that you can't pick up with the five physical senses. Mm -hmm. It's a sixth sense. Powerful. It's a powerful mm -hmm. time. It is. All right. So our next transit is the sun conjunct Mars in Scorpio, mm. which is actually connecting to four of the outer planets. Mars is in this extended alignment with the sun, which doesn't happen often. And it certainly doesn't happen often in Scorpio or any other sign. It takes Mars two years to orbit the sun. It takes, the, it takes the Earth a year to orbit the sun. So it takes the sun a year to transit through the zodiac. It takes Mars two years to transit through the zodiac. So Mars and the sun being in the same place in the sky at the same time, that happens once every couple of years. Hmm. So when was the last time that the sun and Mars were conjunct in Scorpio like this? I'd have to go back and look, but it's been some time. Hmm. And so Mars and the sun are together from November 10th to the 27th. They're within two degrees of each other from... November 10th to the 27th. On the 22nd is when the sun moves into Sagittarius. And then on the 24th is when Mars joins the sun in Sagittarius. And then they're together within two degrees of each other in Sagittarius from... November 25th, 26th, and 27th. So really the majority of this time is they're together in Scorpio from November 10th to the 22nd. Hmm. And then along the way, as you were saying, they're aligning with four other planets 
Uranus retrograde in Taurus, which we talked about, which is November 10th to the 15th. Mm-hmm. Then Neptune retrograde in Pisces from November 15th to the 19th. And then it aligns with Pluto in Capricorn from November 18th to the 22nd. And then the final aspect is once the sun moves into Sagittarius, it squares off with Saturn and Pisces. Hmm. So can we break that down a little yeah. more? Yeah. Because it's like, so I, I really want everyone to think of this as steps. Okay. We're, we're taking four steps. Okay. And this is a part of the transformation. So let's start with the sun conjunct Mars in Scorpio. Okay. So Mars is, Mars and the sun connecting like that is, it's accelerating the energy that's already present. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yes. I mean, the sun is the planet of vitality. And Mars is the planet of action. So the sun is invigorating the energy of Mars. Mm-hmm. It's invigorating that go energy, mm-hmm. that attack, charge ahead, mm-hmm. face the conflict. So every year, Scorpio season, we're supported in working with the non-physical magical realm. But mm-hmm. this year... It's like supercharged. Supercharged. Because we have this energy of Mars connecting with the sun. Exactly. There's like an alchemical transformation that's happening. Yep. To really to really bring, I imagine, bring things into action. You know, Mars is about action. Yes. So where is it bringing it into action? Well, so I'm just thinking it's not staying in the psychic realm. It's actually coming into fruition, mm. right? It's Talk not, more about that. Well, it's not staying in your new moon ceremony, right? It's not just staying in the intention. It actually has, it has legs. Like it has, it ha- there's a vehicle of movement, Something is happening. Something is happening. Yes. So like what you were saying is every year is Scorpio season. Right. And and the sun is transiting through Scorpio and it's facilitating change and transformation. And actually, so the last time that Mars and the sun were conjunct together in Scorpio for an extended period of time was October 24th through to November 1st of 06. So it wasn't quite as long of a time. Mm. You know, October 24th to November 6th. There's always shifts and transformations happening during this Scorpio season. But when you put Mars in there, it accelerates those transformations. It forces you to face the conflicts that you're experiencing in your intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. There's no hiding during this period. Well, that's interesting because I think that Scorpio, you mentioned the scorpion might want to hide or is it's easy for it to hide the creature itself. Yes. So there's something uncomfortable here. It's supportive, but it's also, there's a confrontational energy. Is it uncomfortable? I guess because it's confrontational, but it's... Well, it depends on, 
I guess how comfortable you are with confrontation. Mm -hmm. Some people really enjoy it. Some people don't, depending on. Well, I think I think the comfortability depends on, like you were saying earlier, like what what is what's happening in your chart in relation to this transit. Right. Like if you were born with the sun in Leo or Aquarius, Mm -hmm. it anywhere between 20 and 29 degrees, then at some point during this period, the sun and Mars are going to be squaring your sun, Hmm. which means there's going to be some sort of stress or conflict that's going on. If you were born with the sun at 20 to 29 degrees in any of the water signs, or or even more specifically Cancer and Pisces, Mm -hmm. or the earth signs Capricorn and Virgo, this might feel invigorating. It might feel Mm. like an exciting time for you. But Mm -hmm. if you were born with the sun at 20 to 29 degrees in Scorpio or Taurus, it might be a little uncomfortable, not as uncomfortable if if you're those, if your son's in Leo or Aquarius, but it feels intense. It might also feel like a good intense, like, okay, these are the issues that need to come up in my intimate relationships in mm-hmm. order for, in order for me to move forward. Mm. And things need to move forward. Things need to transform. Mm-hmm. And so the issue is sort of being forced right here. Right. Yeah. Like the only way out is through. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So then walk us through, you said, you said the sun conjunct Mars is connecting in f- to four different outer planets mm-hmm. and you consider them to be sort of steps. Yes. So first it's connecting to... Uranus retrograde in Taurus, mm-hmm. which we spoke to that a little bit. That's that push-pull between the psychic versus the material realm. Mm-hmm. So that's first. Mm-hmm. And what's next? Neptune retrograde in Pisces, Pluto and Capricorn, and then Saturn in Pisces. These are the steps. First, the Uranus piece. Uranus, it's going to feel like an earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's like the foundation of your intimate bonds are being your the foundation of your intimate bonds are being shattered. Hmm. It, it's crumbling. It's cracked. It's like the the hole is opening in the earth, and you're doing everything that you can to not fall into the hole. Hmm. Then the next phase with Neptune and Pisces. So that first phase is November 10th to the 15th. Mm-hmm. The second phase is November 15th to the 19th. That's Neptune retrograde in Pisces. Mm -hmm. Pisces is mutable water. Scorpio is fixed water. So this is a water-water connection. Mm -hmm. Neptune is the the god of fresh water and the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, intuition, the unconscious, Mm -hmm. the dream realm. So you've had that very unsettling sort of wake-up call with Mars conjunct the Sun in Scorpio opposite Uranus retrograde in Taurus. And then you sort of get your bearings mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, what happened? And it's it's almost like after like a traumatic event has happened and then 
you're like, was that real? Mm. It, it happened so quickly. I don't even know. Like I'm confused. That's the Neptune energy here. So there may be feelings of confusion, uh, but ultimately, hopefully you are feeling empathy for those that you're bonded to and compassion from them, uh, mm -hmm. compassion for yourself. This process, now that you've that the foundation of your bond has been broken and shattered, you're reimagining what it means to rebuild, to, to start over in a sense. Mm -hmm. So that's the second phase. And then the third phase, when the sun and Mars and Scorpio form a sextile, which is another positive aspect with Pluto in Capricorn, Pluto, the planetary ruler of Scorpio along with Mars. Pluto's in Capricorn, but it's connecting to its fellow planetary ruler of Scorpio mm -hmm. in Capricorn is where Pluto is, which is interesting because Mars is exalted in Capricorn. So Mars has a relationship to Capricorn where Pluto is. Mars also has a relationship to Pluto mm -hmm. because they both rule Scorpio and Pluto in Capricorn aligning with the sun and Mars and Scorpio has a relationship to Scorpio. So there is a relationship between these two key planets, Mars and Capricorn through Scorpio, Pluto in Capricorn through Scorpio, through with Mars and Scorpio. So, mm -hmm. but this is November 18th to the 22nd. So now we're transforming. The foundation of our bond has been shattered. We need to reimagine what that is. Mm -hmm. That's the Neptune piece. And then the Pluto and Capricorn piece is well. So through that reimagination, what is it that we actually need to transform within the reality? Mm -hmm. How do we rebuild it? What are the steps we need yes. to take? So now by November 18th, 19th, 20, 21, 22, maybe we're feeling better than we did November 10th to the 15th. But then November 22nd to the 27th is when the sun moves into Sagittarius, followed by Mars into Sagittarius. And Sagittarius makes a very uncomfortable alignment with Pisces, which is where Saturn is. And Saturn is the planetary ruler of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So the foundation has been shattered. It's been reimagined. You're starting to rebuild. And then you're interrupted somehow. And then you start to realize that this rebuilding process isn't as smooth or easy as I had thought or hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. it's going to actually require way more work than maybe I want to. But I'm committed, mm -hmm. and we've got to grind through this. And your Saturn is in Pisces, so you're committed to the dream. Committed to the dream. This almost reminds me of like as the psychological process of someone who's experienced trauma. Yes. 
And that's essentially what we're saying is there is going to be some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, we say in the psychology world, like little T trauma or big T trauma. Oh, the, the word, the letter, the letter, the letter, whether it's like a capital or not, you know, yeah. cause there's trauma is on a spectrum. Yeah. Trauma is essentially something that's happened to you that mm -hmm. you feel you can't control. Mm. And so of course there are, there's a wide range of what that could mean mm -hmm. to less traumatic versus more traumatic. So maybe the big T little T has to do with like your own chart. And if you have Absolutely. planets in Leo or Aquarius that are at that point of 20 to 29 degrees, maybe you're going through a bigger trauma. A maybe bigger that's trauma. big T. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you have planets in Pisces or Cancer or Virgo or uh, Capricorn, maybe it's little T. Mm -hmm. And then the Scorpio Taurus is middle T. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think one of those things where it's like, if like, <laughs> tell us what's going on with you. Yeah, like, we'd love to do know. Do you have planets at these degrees in these signs? If so, what are you experiencing? If you're open to sharing, what are you experiencing through these transits? How are these transits affecting you? How are you being impacted by this energy? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's some sort of like earth, this earthquake energy mm -hmm. that's coming in, that's creating some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And then I think of this Neptune energy, like, yes, it can be confusing, but there is sort of a healing quality it's cleansing. To, ne to Neptune too. I think of it as cleansing. And it's also like, it's giving you like a chance to sort of in some ways, it's maybe cognitive dissonance from the trauma. It's mm -hmm. like giving you a break. What does that mean? It's, what's the best way to describe it? It's like when something has happened that has disrupted the way that you view the world <laughs> to the point where <laughs> you cognitively cannot process it. So mm -hmm. you have a dissonant reaction mm -hmm. to trying to understand what's happened. Mm -hmm. So cognitive dissonance is almost, it's like, I don't have the capacity to understand what just happened to me. Yeah. So I need to almost, almost have kind of a freeze response. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's kind of like what I was saying where it's like when, if you've been in a accident or you've had some kind of trauma, like, you know, you had a car, I was in a car accident once where the window blew open because we got T-boned and like just this window exploded, like hit me in the head. And next thing I know, I'm like sitting outside of the car mm -hmm. and I don't like, I know where I am. I know that we were in an accident, but it felt like my brain, had, like I'd had a concussion, you know, and I was in shock. Yeah. You couldn't cognitively grasp what right. had just happened exactly. because it was a trauma. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that's that Neptune Pisces, but hopefully mm -hmm. it is kind of a cleansing of it the is. energy and, and it clears things out. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the Pluto in Capricorn, it's rebuilding. And then you have, yeah, that Capricorn energy is giving us a roadmap for how we need to rebuild. Yes. And, and I think 
part of the roadmap to rebuilding is an important theme to talk about here with Pluto and Capricorn is how can you take responsibility for your role within the intimate bond? Mm-hmm. How can you, are you holding yourself accountable for the energy that you are meant to bring to that bond? Because when mm-hmm. you can, like maybe part of the trauma is there's something that happened in the relationship that, that broke things up, then you're healing with the Neptune and then you realize that, okay, well, I need to step up in some way. I need to mm-hmm. do better than I had been in the past. I need to really hold myself accountable for X, Y, Z. And when I do that, now the partner that you're intimate with sees that you are living up to what they expect from you. So they're willing Mm -hmm. to put forth the work to do what you expect of them. Right. You're, you're creating a dynamic in the relationship that's about taking responsibility. Mm. So when one part of the one party in the relationship does that, it, can it encourages the other side to do and the encourages same. absolutely. So it's mm-hmm. about knowing your power, mm-hmm. what you have the power to change in relationships, mm-hmm. and seeing yourself as an authority to be the one who can make those changes. Mm. You know, there's only so long we can point fingers at the other person in the relationship before we have to recognize our part. Totally, like you're saying. Well, and that's sort of the thing with all of these, like the Scorpio energy is, is, you know, you think about you have more than one intimate relationship. There's multiple people in your life that you've shared secrets with. Mm-hmm. There's maybe multiple people in your life that you've had sex with, though you might not be having sex with multiple people concurrently, but you can look back at these past relationships and and sort of recognize the similarities between the present relationship mm, the and the past relationships you've been in. And it's like, why am I always in the same situation with a partner? What is it about mm. me that I can change so that maybe the outcome of the experience that I'm having within the partnership can change? Mm-hmm. You know, one of my... My first astrological readings I ever had, this is before I met you, Mm -hmm. Um, one of the most profound experiences of my life. And I remember he said to me that my mantra needed to be, what can I learn? Mm. And I still play that over in my mind. Anytime I'm having an experience that's difficult in some way, or even that's pleasant, Mm -hmm. what can I learn? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lesson that's coming up in this. And once you've learned the lesson, you don't need to have that experience anymore. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's brilliant. I mean, always like you. But that's what keeps us in these patterns is that there's something you haven't learned. So you continue to circle back. It makes it. Yeah. So you can learn it again. That's really all it is. It makes me think of, there's a saying that you're either winning or you're learning. Mm. There's no losing. I love that. You're either winning or learning. So if you feel like you're 
losing in life because there's something going on in your relationship that's frustrating or and you feel awful or whatever experience you're having in your life that feels awful you feel like you're losing ask yourself what am i learning from this experience so that i can get better and grow yeah or what am i continuing not to learn here Mm -hmm. that i can that i'm ready to face Mm mm-hmm and this Saturn and Pisces energy is committing to do the work, committing to the dream. Well, and, think and the about dream is healing. The square to Saturn and Pisces is happening with the sun and Mars now in Sagittarius, mm. which is the sign of higher learning, expanding your mind, deepening your philosophical view. So the energy of Sagittarius is expansive, is exploratory, adventurous. And so aligning with Saturn is like you're sitting on the runway of the airport and the plane's not taking off. You've been there for now three hours on the plane and you haven't Mm. moved. That's the Saturn energy. Yeah. And so, you know, and Saturn is kind of like we've talked about with Uranus, where Uranus in Taurus is like your worst enemy sleeping in your bed while you're away Mm -hmm. because Uranus rules Aquarius and Aquarius squares Taurus. So they're uncomfortable, these two signs together Saturn is sort of in this uncomfortable place in Pisces because Saturn is the planet of restriction and the planetary ruler of Pisces in addition to Neptune is Jupiter which is expansion Mm -hmm. so it's forcing us to take a really hard look at what is going on in the unconscious Mm -hmm. Through our mental process. Yes. So what do you think about that? In terms of like a psychological perspective? Well, we always have access to our unconscious if we're willing. But does this, with Saturn there, do you think that maybe people are having more powerful or stronger dreams? Or maybe they're dreaming less? Because Saturn's restriction, so maybe it's like restricting dreams or maybe the dreams feel so real because Saturn is the planet of the real. So maybe there's maybe there's areas of the unconscious that are coming up and it's like very intense. Well, this is a great, interesting question and interesting to talk about in terms of dreams is if... If you're not remembering your dreams, it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're not dreaming. Yes. So I think on one hand, that Saturn energy could be restrict, could be creating a restriction. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could also indicate that what you're dreaming is you're really learning from your dreams. So, you know, we all have these. So you don't have to remember your dreams to learn something from your dreams. I would say to ultimately learn and integrate, you do need to remember your dreams, okay. but you might have a series of dreams that 
you don't remember and it doesn't mean that nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you plant a seed, it has to grow under the surface mm -hmm. before it pokes through mm -hmm. the ground. <clears throat> but so this, maybe the Saturn energy is it's actually poking through the ground. It's actually coming up. It's actually like, ready to poke through the ground. Oh my God. What is this thing that I planted? Why is this coming up yeah. in my mind? What's going on? Yes. Well, and this is where we talked about the ego last week. The ego is actually the gatekeeper between what's allowed to come up from the unconscious to the conscious. Mm. So this is why we want to spend time in relationship with our ego, with our separateness, with one another to a certain degree to reflect on it. So the ego is the gatekeeper of the unconscious. And yes. so the ego decides <clears throat> what can pass through into conscious awareness. I wonder what the ego's relationship is with Sagittarius, because like when I think of Sagittarius, I always think of Burning Man, mm. you know, like a bunch of people in the middle of nowhere in the desert. It's like no money. It's just exchanging. It's like this kind of bohemian thing. Mm -hmm. People are half naked dancing around a fire. Like yeah. you, you can't really care what people are thinking about you. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been to Burning Man, but, but that seems like, like Sagittarius feels like a sign that sort of breaks through the ego barrier. I think it has the potential to. Right. But if you're someone like going back to that cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. then your ego can block you from learning what you need to learn. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Your ego's like your filter. So, so if, this so, is if the... something's too threatening, you will have defense mechanisms through the ego that will push that those insights back down. And they will stay in your unconscious. So is Saturn restricting those thoughts or is it forcing them out? I think both are possible. Yeah. I think it depends to quote you back to you. It's all about how you're working with the energy. Oh. Wow. How do you a like that? Great quote. <laughs> That's a really amazing quote. So, uh, so I don't know. I'm just curious to think, and you know, we're jumping ahead here and we'll talk about this more next week because it's really more appropriate next week with the Saturn squaring the sun and Mars and Pisces because mm -hmm. that's November 22nd to the 23rd. But it feels like there's going to be some sort of combustion or something that like that breaks through or it's going to try to break through. Yeah, something's happening here. Mm -hmm. And it's all sort of boiling up and breaking through already right now with the Scorpio energy. Yes. But it's going to be reshaped. You know, hopefully it's not, you know, some deformed monster and it's something more beautiful. I don't know. Uh well, or, we also need to need to meet our monsters too. We love too. the deformed monsters too. We love the yeah, deformed exactly. monsters too. Yeah, we have so to invite are, invite invite them our, to the table. Our also. deformed monster is coming out uh, <laughs> the end of November, and you're like, oh my god, that's just the just thing in time that, for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right during Thanksgiving. That's when Saturn. Perfect. That's when Saturn in Pisces is squaring the Sun and Mars in Sagittarius. So there's a, there's going to be a lot of great. Uh, political conversation because, oh, you know, goodness. because the Sagittarius energy is all about truth. Yeah. And so everyone's going to be spitting their truth. That's why Thanksgiving gets that rap 
Well, well, because and, it's always during Sagittarius season. So, well, and what you just said that everyone has their own version of the truth. Exactly. Is, so you've got so is, Thanksgiving yeah. is a bunch of people sitting at the table that maybe only see each other once or twice a year, and on, they're on all, their soapbox. <laughs> they're all on their soapbox <laughs> speaking their truth. Meanwhile, Saturn in Pisces is squaring their soapbox, and so they're uh-huh. going through some sort of unconscious you know, craziness that is causing their truth to come out in that ugly, deformed monster sort of way. Wow. Sounds fun. We'll get into that more next week. (laughs) (laughs) So our last key transit um, for the week is Mercury in Sagittarius, sextile Venus in Libra. Yes. This is happening November 9th to the 22nd. And again, just like... Mars conjunct the sun, which is happening from November 10th to the 27th. I mean, that's 17 days. This 9th to the 22nd is 14 days. For Mercury and Venus to be aligning with each other for 14 days, that's an extremely long time. Hmm. And I went back like 25 years and and couldn't find anything in the last 25 years where Mercury in Sagittarius was forming a sextile with Venus and Libra for any extended period of time like this. Mm, Interesting. But this is sort of the fuel that is going to really ignite the fire of the transformation. Mm. Mercury is the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld. So underworld is Scorpio, underworld, lord of the underworld is Pluto. Mercury is the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination. So Mercury is transiting through Sagittarius. It moved into Sagittarius on November 9th, and it's in Sagittarius until December 1st. So people are already spitting their truth right now, even though Mm -hmm. they're the sun and Mars are in Scorpio. Mercury, the planet of the mouth of communication, mm. is in Sagittarius. So there's a lot of truth telling happening. Venus is the goddess of love, Lady Luck, the goddess of beauty, the, the planet of relationships. It's the planetary ruler of Libra, the sign that it's transiting through. Libra is the cardinal. Air sign symbolized by the scales. It represents balance, harmony, equanimity, fairness. I should also say that Mercury is is transiting through Sagittarius until December 1st, but it's slowing down Mm. because it's going to retrograde. It's going to move into Capricorn first on December 1st, but then it's going to move back into Sagittarius on December 22nd, 23rd. And it's there until mid January. So it's kind of an extended period, a lot of truth telling happening in Mm -hmm. November, and then later in end of December and January. But this right here, this alignment between the planet of communication and the planet of relationships, Mm -hmm. the planet of communication and the sign of honesty, Sagittarius, the planet of relationships and the sign of grace Mm. and harmony. Hopefully what that's bringing from November 9th to the 22nd is some open, honest conversations that are still graceful 
where you're speaking yes. your truth, but you're not slapping somebody across the face with your truth. You're doing it in a way that's charming. It's diplomatic. They can actually receive what mm -hmm. it is you're saying and say, you know, okay, I, I don't agree with that, but I do hear where you're coming from. And, and, and that makes sense. I feel you. Yeah, I would interpret this too, that it's aligning truth with love. Mm, yes. Ultimately. Aligning so, truth with love. Like, you know that expression, the ugly truth? Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm thinking about that that famous documentary that came out about the environment years ago, yeah. um, An Inconvenient Truth. Yeah, so I only bring that in to, to reference sort of the, I think the relationship we have with truth mm -hmm. and that truth can be challenging, it can be inconvenient, yeah. it can be ugly, but there's something about this transit that's aligning truth with beauty with love there it's like the sugar that helps the medicine go down so the ugly monster comes out and sings like a beautiful operatic yes like, opens its mouth and yeah. has a beautiful yeah, voice exactly. exactly yes well in venus and libra too is going to help whoever is the truth bringer mm -hmm. is they're going to bring truth in a way that will allow them and the other person to see each other's perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's what Libra is about is yes. being able to see both sides yes. of an issue. Exactly. And we need that right now, obviously from we do. all the polarizing political stuff that's happening in the world. And, you know, even Absolutely. that, even that film and inconvenient truth, people look back at that now and, and think about how polarizing that film was then or has become now because was the truth that it said was true back then is it true now is everything sure so and just to clarify i'm not bringing that in to make a political you're statement. trying to create a firestorm because <laughs> you're a libra and you love conflict i just think like the way <laughs> i'm joking libras don't love conflict but okay the way that we associate words really gives them a lot of power. Mm -hmm. So that's all, that's the point I was trying to make. Yes. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth doesn't feel good. So we need a movie called The Beautiful Truth. So it's sort of rewriting the, because there is that phrase, the truth hurts. People right. say that. They and do. So that's a part of the unconscious, collective unconscious, that the truth hurts. The truth is painful. Yes, it's but inconvenient. This, it's, it's inconvenient. Ugly. It's ugly. Mm -hmm. But what this alignment is doing for 14 days is helping the truth come out and the feeling or the energy behind the truth, it feels beautiful. And you know what? This is what this is what it's about. Because Sagittarius is the sign of freedom. Mm. So, so the truth, truth will set you free. Set you free. That's free. the other, that's the that's the light side of the shadow side of the coin that says the truth hurts. The light side is the truth will set you free. Yes. And so hopefully, whether it's in the world, in the collective unconscious, or within your close personal relationships, your intimate karmic bonds, and whatever's shaking up there, that the shakeup that happens there, because that's happening the same time as all these transits that we've been talking about with 
the sun conjunct Mars, opposite Uranus retrograding Taurus, sextile uh, Pluto and Capricorn trine, Neptune retrograde in Pisces. All of that is happening at the same time as this Mercury in Sagittarius, mm -hmm. sextile Venus in Libra. And Sagittarius is fire, Libra's air, air fuels fire, fire raises the air. Mm -hmm. This is the transit that is really going to help facilitate the transformation that needs to happen in your close personal relationships. So mm -hmm. maybe you hear some things from your partner, you say some things to your partner that you know, it doesn't feel good initially or whatever, but then ultimately you're like, I'm so glad we know this about each other. And now we yeah. can, I can actually see a pathway to our relationship continuing. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we've got a couple questions. Well, we've got a lot of questions, but we're not going to get to them all today. We really appreciate everyone that's writing and asking questions. And, you know, maybe we'll do like an episode too that's just like questions that we're answering. Sure, that would be because, fun. Because um, I can just feel us like already getting behind. I've got like three questions on various stelliums. I got um, one that's like super in-depth. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that, you know, when we're answering them, like we have plenty of time and energy to do so. Okay. And um, so I think this week we're just going to do a couple quick, easier questions to to answer. That sounds good. This was a full episode. so You're full? It's very full. I am full. Okay. Very good. So <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. So our first question comes from Olina, who asks, can you explain the house-based systems which ones you use and why? The one that I know that I'm familiar with is Placidus. That's what I use. The reason why I use Placidus, though, is because it's the one that, that I was first introduced to, and it felt very accurate to me. I mean, that's where I was like, oh, my God. When I was studying my own chart for the first time and reading what different alignments and placements and aspects meant in my chart, I felt like this is not only me, but it's the me that only I know. So I know that people have whatever system they use that works for them. I'm not here to sit and say that one is better than the other. I think whatever works for you is what's best for you and what works for me, what I enjoy and what I use in doing readings for all of my clients is Placidus. And I really like explaining how the, the houses, the way that they land, it's like at the moment you were born, this was the sign that was rising along the horizon at that degree. So it mm -hmm. feels very specific to me, which in my Taurus rising energy, I'm like, it, it, it feels very real. Mm. It feels grounded or more. Feels real. Accurate Just, in yeah, some way. Sure. Accurate. Mm -hmm. Accurate. You know, like when you think about like a, a simple way to think about it is like when the sun is setting in that moment that it hits the horizon and drops down, 
like where, wherever the sun is, like if it is, let's say we were talking about the 13th of November, which is the new moon in Scorpio. The, the new moon in Scorpio happens at 20 degrees. And by the end of the day, the sun is going to be at 21 degrees. So when the sun mm-hmm. is rising, it's at the horizon. Like that moment that it pops up to the horizon, it's at 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. By the time it sets, it's at 21 degrees. So in terms of accuracy, it just feels more accurate to know that at 20 degrees rising, that means that there's 20 degrees of Scorpio that is that have already risen above the horizon. Hmm. And when the sun is setting at 21 degrees, there's already 20 degrees of Scorpio that has set. Right. And so it just feels very specific. Hmm. And Yeah. And so the planets are going to be in those houses. Like if you're using whole sign, then the planets are going to be in different houses, which is a different energy. Right. Well, and I think you touched on part of what I think is so fascinating about astrology and about working with different astrologers is that no one's right or wrong, but everyone is relating to astrology through their own individual chart. Mm -hmm. So just like we have different preferences about foods that we like or the weather that we enjoy, there are different preferences for these different ways of looking at the house systems that have been developed by different astrologers who literally have a different perspective because of the unique makeup of their natal chart. I think that's a great point because every astrologer, even if there's an astrologer out there that's using Placidus like me, they're going to have their own perspective, Mm -hmm. their own take, their own. Astrology is really, it is a language, but it's also like an art form and, and it's like music. It's like Jimi Hendrix plays the guitar one way And Jerry Garcia plays the guitar another way. They're both playing the guitar Mm -hmm. and people love both of them. But some might prefer Jerry Garcia to Jimi Hendrix. Some might prefer Jimi Hendrix to Jerry Garcia. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It's like, what do you like? What resonates with you? So you might do a reading with somebody who's using whole sign or whole house system or some other different house mm-hmm. system and you're like wow that's the most accurate reading that i've ever gotten this person really got me mm-hmm. and so if you're practicing like your own sense of study it's like whatever works for you for me it was placidus i was like wow this feels real mm-hmm. so this is what i'm into well i just want to say one more <laughs> one more thing about that yeah is i mean you could say that for any for anyone who's developed any way of thinking, mm-hmm. they're translating that information through their own chart. Mm. So if you look at Carl Jung's life and Jungian psychology as a whole mm-hmm. versus Freud and his perspectives, my point is it's important to remember that the theories that they developed are based on who they are through their own astrology. Exactly. And we'll talk about this more, you know, I'll be sharing more about my thesis and about how I have come to understand the individuation process, but 
even the individuation process is the product of Carl Jung's specific astrological makeup. Mm -hmm. So this idea that you have to somehow separate from the group to become yourself is is unique to him. And there are reasons in his chart... The why he had that perspective that are why he yeah. had that perspective yes. so it's not that anyone's right or wrong mm -mm. it's it's literally their perspective the mm -hmm. perspective that they are supposed to have in order to find the knowledge that they're meant to find mm. right on yeah yes. so this is a cool question because it brought yeah. us to something <laughs> different <laughs> a beautiful yeah. rambling spiral <laughs> totally. somewhere else I interesting love it. i love it um, so our last question comes from Manuel, and he asks, what does it mean when the North Node is descending, specifically Sagittarius in the seventh house? So descending is kind of a broad, vague term, because if, if it's descending, it could be in a lot of different houses. It could be in the ninth house, it could be in the eighth house, seventh, sixth. Five four, it starts rising in the third house. So it's it's too broad to to say that it means this. But if you're talking about the North Node in Sagittarius in the seventh house, that's very specific. That's that's mm -hmm. something that I can answer. And it's interesting that we're getting this question now because the energy behind this North Node is very similar to the energy that we were just talking about in terms of Mercury in Sagittarius aligning with Venus in Libra because mm -hmm. Manuel's North Node is in Sagittarius, which is where Mercury is transiting. The seventh house where Manuel's North Node is, is associated with the seventh sign, which is Libra, which is where Venus is transiting through Libra. So your North Node is to be honest and forthright in your relationships for the purpose of creating balance, harmony, equanimity, fairness, where both sides feel like they're getting what they want. You can't get to that point unless... You're being honest about what you want. So mm -hmm. Manuel needs to talk to his partner and let his partner know that this is what I want. And, mm -hmm. and I also think it's important to remember the body parts for uh, we had a we had Absolutely. a comment from Micah. Thank you, Micah, because the body parts give you a really clear, like sort of realistic perspective of the energy. Mm -hmm. Sagittarius rules the hips and Libra rules the kidneys. The hips, Sagittarius, the hips show you where you're moving. Mm -hmm. So there is something direct or active about that. And Sagittarius is a fire sign. So it's very mm -hmm. active. So Manuel, you want to be backing up your your words with actions and movement mm -hmm. and maybe dance and expressiveness because when you feel free that's when you can dance and you can move your hips elvis mm -hmm. known for his hips sagittarius rising no coincidence there and then the the libra energy rule being ruled by the kidneys the kidneys are that organ in the body that that cleanses or purifies the blood 
So if you're not being authentic or honest with your partner about what you want, then you might be creating bad blood. Mm. But if you're mm-hmm. honest and forthright about what you want and what you're willing to give in return, then you're working with that kidney energy, which is cleansing or purifying the blood. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, mm. well said. I like to think of, I guess what this is bringing up for me, whenever I think of the North Nodes, I think of the opposite, the South Node, mm-hmm. like to help to help me understand where I'm going. It's mm-hmm. helpful to know where I've been. Mm. So with the North Node in Sagittarius, I think of the South Node, which is Gemini. And I wonder for you, Manuel, if you might, if part of what you're here to learn with that shift from Gemini to Sagittarius is about how you're communicating. And if you are spending too much time in that Gemini energy, which is fundamentally about curiosity and asking questions, Mm -hmm. you might be needing to communicate a bit differently. This seventh house energy is asking you to communicate not only honestly, but really being clear about communicating what it is that you think, regardless of, not regardless of what your partner thinks, but there's an individuality to this Sagittarius North Node that's about really channeling, connecting to your higher self, connecting Mm. to the universe, Mm -hmm. connecting to the wisdom of God. That can only come through you. That can only come through you. Gemini is about asking questions, gathering information. So it's less about Manuel asking questions and more about him saying, Just speaking. Yes. So in a way, it's more about speaking than listening per se, Mm -hmm. even though that sounds counterintuitive when you're talking about well, he's being meant to in a listen relationship. To God. He's meant to listen to the the channel, the spirit, the universe. That's yes. what and so you know that's why they say that you know Sagittarius you want to connect to nature because when you're in nature alone, that's when God the universe talks to you through the wind and the trees and the birds and mm. you know hearing the crackling of the the leaves beneath your feet or the dirt beneath your feet it's or the trickling of the 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 water and the stream that is where mm-hmm. the voice of god is absolutely yes yes and then to look at the seventh house energy which is libra mm-hmm. the opposite of that would be south node in the first house which is ruled by aries mm-hmm. so that trajectory that axis is about learning how to really rely on someone else in relationships mm-hmm. so not necessarily you know you still will value your own individuality but what will bring you actually a deeper relationship with yourself is connecting with a partner. Hmm. Yes, exactly. He'll he'll find the truth within himself through connecting with another. Yes. Yeah. And and some of that, you know, the the north node and this depends on the the rest of your chart, but the north node is typically hmm. these are qualities that require a stretch that can feel challenging or can feel sticky in some way. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself falling back on these old patterns of 
maybe asking too many questions and not honoring yourself as an authority totally yeah. or focusing too much on your your own needs in the relationship mm. you'll you'll want to take those qualities that you're that are qualities that you've cultivated mm-hmm. qualities that you you've mastered those qualities and you're going to take them with you into that north node energy yes so that you can transform them mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. awesome awesome so we'll leave it there for today okay thank you gabriella okay. thank you scott you're welcome and i just want to remind everyone if you would like to learn more about your astrological code and how the planets are affecting you right now or how they shaped you from body to soul you can contact me for a reading at theweeklytransit.com Wishing you all the best as you ride the planetary waves.